Hi, everyone. <laughs> Welcome to Upper Discussion. Today, we are going to jump off into the subject of the quantum reality. Ooh, it goes like straight over my head, even as I say it. But I was intrigued by it because um, earlier this week, you did an episode on Elijah Streams with Steve Schultz on Johnny Unfiltered. And you talked about the quantum world and its connection to the kingdom. And so I had some questions and I thought that it would be a great opportunity for you to kind of um, not cover everything. Right, right. So we do recommend that if this is interesting to you at all, and it should be because we've gotten some amazing feedback from that um, episode, but go back and watch it. We'll put the link in the comments or in the description, actually. So you can find um, that episode that he did with Steve. But um, my first question for you is why? Why are you so intrigued? I, one of the things that I just love about you is how you surprise me. And the things that you're interested in, he's like an information junkie and, and he always has been. I remember when newspapers were a big deal and his life centered, you know, I'll say this lightly, his life centered around the newspaper every day, getting the newspaper, reading most of it. And um, of course that transitioned to, to other things, but one of the books, um, several books that I've seen you pick up again and again and again have to do with the quantum right. reality. So give us a little understanding of why that's so interesting to you. Well, and as you said, I was just looking, I have a book um, that I was just looking at what when, when it came out in this 2006, because I remember that I had said on the program, on Elijah Streams, that it's, I've been looking into the quantum world for about 15 years. So... To make it simple, and we don't want your your head to hurt with speaking of quantum, which often when you try to uh, hear about it and listen, in fact, it's I had to reread things over and over and over, still do, because the the people that teach on it, talk about it, not many have a gift of simplifying. And so <laughs> anyway, quantum has to do with just think of micro tiny. And another way to look at it is really the invisible realm. And so I have always been interested in the quantum world as it relates and it connects to the kingdom. And, and, and when Jesus you know, began his ministry, first of all, John the Baptist announces him and says, repent, the kingdom of heaven is here. And it wasn't, the emphasis was not on the repent, but it was that's changed the way you think, metaneo. It's the kingdom of heaven, the invisible kingdom is here. And, and so it was widely believed in, in the upper echelons of Greek society, we'll say, that had influenced Roman thought and everything around there, that, you know, it was, it, it, there was, uh, you know, this belief in, uh, sort of mythical belief, more curiosity, people didn't take it seriously, and the Greek gods and all that kind of stuff. But then there was the belief in, um, you know, that reason triumphs, what's visible rules. Uh, in their, some discussions they had between the invisible world and the visible world, it was like, well, if the invisible world exists, it's subservient to the visible. So it's like everything, the attention is what's here, what you can see. And that's why Jesus has to come and say, metaneo, metanoia, change the way you think. think and then he proved it. Because the kingdom is actually greater. Greater. 
The invisible is actually great. Okay. Then he proved it. Don't let me get you off where you're going, yeah. but I have to ask a question about the quantum. So you said the quantum is basically the invisible, but I thought that the quantum is basically everything that's visible, but not to our eyes. It's visible if you were able to have a microscope that goes in, magnifies enough. It actually, it, it exists. It's not a thought or an idea. It actually is something that exists, but it's just that we can't see it. Right. Is that right? Yeah. It, it scientifically exists, but it's invisible. And even most of the conversation, those who teach on it, they are speaking, when they're speaking of the micro tiny, they're more speaking based on the effects of something it did not really able to observe it. So an atom uh, itself is, it, it takes, if I remember um, from the other day, I think there's a, if you put up, I think I have it right in front of me. I didn't know if it was 10 million or 100. 100 million atoms you put side by side by side by side equals one period, like in a book. Wow, yeah, I and then, that. And then each one of those atoms that's just micro, micro, tiny, it's not even the, the atom that has the energy in it, but inside the nucleus of the atom. And that nucleus is 100,000 100, times smaller than, than the, that thing that's one ten millionth of a period. itself, wow. But at the core of that little thing, there is energy. There is, um, and for our purposes of kingdom conversation, there is the kingdom. The kingdom of God is within you. And you understand that really an atomic bomb, the idea is that you trigger that little tiny, like it, it's, you know, the tip of a, of a pin is uh, way bigger. 100,000 times bigger than that. And that thing can trigger something that explodes and you have things like Hiroshima and whatnot that we know about. So there is this light, this energy. Um, and again, we're not going to go in too many discussions where it would, it would hurt the head. But we want you to understand that, yes, I say it's invisible because it is, it's invisible to our senses. It's invisible to uh, anything but high-powered uh, microscopes and and different things and even that once we go to you know there's offshoots of subatomic particle levels of things that um, uh, you, they're, they're just invisible but you know because what they do what they're what, so the the idea is is that, that I've been working with and wrestling and I revisit quantum and especially it's now the conversation is more there's this this quantum uh, conversation and theme is starting to come out more and more. We're talking about there's a quantum financial system right. I was gonna ask about um, that. coming and there are um, all kinds of, uh, there's a quantum computer, supercomputer that can do like 20 million times faster than the fastest computer anybody has right now. Is that proven or is that speculated that no, it's, that exists? It's proven. Okay. Because basically it can, it, it can reproduce itself just for simplicity of understanding, think of a computer that can reproduce itself into 20 million more computers and work for you. You put the information, that's what you can do at the micro tiny is cause something to do that. And then it can observe much more subtle nuances. So you have a uh, quantum computer that can pick up on a pace, uh, person's um, 
it just from uh, the face, it can pick up all kinds of, forget if you actually will show them the energy of a person, it can pick up and basically tell you in an instant who's good and bad. This is not stuff we, we shared on uh, on Monday, Elijah Streams, but the, it's- That's a little scary to think of. Uh, like, yes. what if it's wrong? Well, it's it's not, it's just, that's the deal. There's so many things it can pick up. So it's not just that you have a computer that knows all your your history and where you've been and decisions you made. It knows that if you think this way, it shows up this way. This aura comes out of a person who's planning this. This, your frequency, it has some really simple concepts such as if you have a low frequency, you're just up to no good. And there's a number sort of word up. And if your frequency is anywhere below that, you're up to no good. If it's above it, you're better. Wow. And so it's fascinating all on its own. Sure. Just but then, a but then cultural topic. Yeah, yeah. But then trying to incorporate it into kingdom thinking and processing. And really it's, it's helpful to me, uh, for me and for the body of Christ, not to think of, uh, of, you know, moving in the gifts and the glory realm and the, it's, it's sort of like magic. It's magic. We're like, no, it's actually at some point we're going to be able to scientifically tell what's taking place. When Jesus was saying it's invisible, he meant it's invisible to the eyes and they had no other way of looking at it. Hmm. Uh, but he said things like the kingdom is within you. And then again, back to where we were in the discussion a while ago, what Jesus did then proved that it wasn't just an argument that the invisible realm is greater and rules. He would make this announcement, repent, the kingdom of heaven is greater than your visible stuff. And then he would tell the blind man, for instance, your eyes are open. Like, how did he do that? He did nothing from the outside. He spoke a word. And so it began to release uh, something internally. And then the person, the paralytic who had the dry bones, he gets to walk again from a word from the Lord, demons go. And so he's showing the power that he has and the presence to the point where you know, it says the capital is 10 cities and many more following him. So Matthew chapter five, that's when he gets into the Beatitudes and, and begins to tell them, you are the light of the world. You are the salt of the earth. And he tells this group that's not yet saved that there is light inside of them. So part of what I've been um, making the connection of dots is that there is this thing of God. There is that of God in every one of us at that micro tiny, there is a kingdom thing. And, and so part of it, what comes out of, as I was reviewing my, uh, one of my books on, on the quantum world is that, um, light exposure to light, light, um, will cause, uh, they, they look at what light does at electrons that are in metals like silver, gold, and other things. And it liberates them. And so light liberates electrons to into action. So they, they become energy, power, we could say anointing. So there's something about seeing people by the spirit is light. There's being exposed to Jesus, being exposed to truth. We know part of my testimony in the strongest way, yours as well. There was something that happened to Toronto um, vineyard at the time back in 1994-95 where I was a different person from before than afterwards it's like um, God went from being little to big and I went from feeling sorry for him and all the problems into like wow you're a big God 
and his capabilities are great. And so then I began to just carry uh, presence at a whole nother level. So there's something that helps us to understand that this is something you can see. And, and, you, and you put together the scriptures, they'll say, now, now faith is the substance of things hoped for. Um, and so don't, it's a substance. Like I think there's people that pick that up by the spirit and, and can see it. Says Paul, when he was about to heal something, when he saw that he had faith to be healed, he said, you know, he spoke a healing word over him. So this invisible realm is greater than our visible realm. Like if we think through a matrix uh, matter, we carry more invisibly than we carry visibly. I think some good like examples <laughs> that somebody like me could wrap their head around yeah, yeah. would be like gravity. You know, I can't see gravity, but I definitely experience it. And it's definitely real. And it's it's uh, more influential than a lot of things that I can see. Same thing would be with um, magnetism, you know, magnets, polarity. You can't see with your naked eye, but they definitely affect that. It definitely affects our natural realm. It supersedes the natural realm that we can see or feel or touch. And we're seeing it enough in, you know, certain sci-fi movies. You'll see certain, well, probably the idea of a stun gun. I'm not sure what's released, but it seems like something invisible. <clears throat> or electricity. Just you put your finger and, and so you don't see electricity, but there's an effect that you have. And you're hearing about frequency and potential 5G towers and frequency. And if they turn them up high, how they could, um, in essence, you turn them up high enough, you can fry the human brain. And so there's proofs already and a lot of the proofs kind of going in towards the negative direction. But this is uh, this is something that when we we learn to um, we learn not just that it's about um, the real pragmatic, practical ways of doing things like I cause and effect. I do this and that happens. But there is stepping into faith. And part of the stories I was given is like I was amazed that when I would be in obedience and go on a mission with the Lord, all these other things would happen. And it's like me being obedient triggered all kinds of other things. And we'd say like, you know, climate change. And, and there's many other things we, we talked about that, that would happen. So it's fascinating. I'm still in um, continual revisiting uh, of the, of the theme, but it, it, it lets us know that, you know, we, we know it, we had these conversations, I think we may have done a couple of weeks ago, just on uh, decrees, declarations. We know they're powerful, yeah. but it's, there's something, I might even increase our faith to know that literally you are, um, you are interacting and exchanging and releasing and receiving and passing on energy. Now this part I need, uh, this need to say, cause we're, we said this, the world of the micro tiny. So in the world of the micro tiny atoms, subatomic particles, Everything is made up of atoms, subatomic particles. So this, this, humans, we're all, you can think, no, that's a liquid, that's a solid, that's whatever. It's, it's all made up. And at the smallest observable in any kind of way, uh, size of anything they've ever seen, there, it's, it's a little spinning frequency donut. And that's the, that's the energy, and that's where what, what happens at every level. And so then when you look into the fascinating realities of what, a, of what an atom can do, 
And the fact that it can be in two places at one time, it can be a particle, it can be a wave, which is like the idea of if you apply, since we're made up of those atoms, does that mean we can be in two places at the same time? And like I said, it's the equivalent of someone being able to be in New York City and, uh, you know, Miami or overseas all at the same time, actually more than just two places at one time, that this is uh, capable. And so there's actually in that understanding that time travel is a possibility as well. It opens the mind in all kinds of uh, scary directions. Part of what I was saying in, um, Monday is, is how every breath, if we take a breath in right now, um, we just took in an atom I Adam. love how he tells stories like a Hispanic. So he, remember, he's actually from Peru. This is some of his Latino environmental expression coming out. When he tells stories, I'm sorry, I just have to say this. He's like really animated. I love that. Okay, keep going. Okay, so Adam, Adam's, like I just breathed in and right. Adam, the Adam breathed. No, A-D-A-M, yeah. the original Adam. Um, and so that's how connected you know, you hear it and you think it's just new ageish or something that we're all connected. We actually are. And so there's really no such thing as doing something in a vacuum because everything you do, um, I think perhaps the best way we can ease, easily understand that concept is like the internet itself. If you put something on the web, it's now available to everybody. And so everything you do is now, it affects, it, it affects people. So for someone who didn't hear your, Johnny Unfiltered episode about this, how, just explain a little bit more how when you breathe in, it's the same as Adam, the original first human created breathing in. Well, it's just, it's, that's actually from a, a, a quantum book. There's nothing. Um, and Did they, they explain they, it better? They're just saying that everything's in continual recycling in motion. And so that, and there's so many and things are so small that um, there, you know, that's why people have tried to figure out, for instance, um, why when somebody breaks the four minute barrier, all of a sudden somebody else can break it. Why monkeys on one island, there's the whole hundred monkeys thing, you know, or, or forget what it was, 99 monkeys, 100 monkeys. But when one monkey will learn something on one island, then all of a sudden they find out that on another island where they've been trying to teach a monkey to, what was it, grab food from the waves or something, but they did it in one place. And so they're like, how, what what's going on? So it's this is a connection, not through magic, not through demon spirits, not through angels. It's literally we're in a frequency energy world. We are frequency energy people. That's why when he, Jesus said, "You are the light," he, he was actually stating a scientific fact as well. And we have a photon base. And one of the things I just read—I don't know if they've changed their mind—but in the, the book I was reading, it's like. The actual essence of light is unknowable. It's not just that they don't know it, it's unknowable. Wow. And um, and so- How do they know that it's unknowable? That's, now you're going deep, you know, you could get into this discussion. How do they know it's unknowable? They know it's unknowable, that goes, that will hurt your head. <coughs> okay. <laughs> so anyway, this is, you know, I think it's, uh, it, part of the importance for us today and now is understanding we are not these um, pitiful victim creatures that have nothing. 
no power, no abilities. And if you if you understand, you understand when if light liberates energy, like your electrons can be freed up. Like David, something happened to David where the spirit of the Lord came upon him. He can outrun a line. He can defeat a line with his bare hands. How does he do that? It's humanly not possible, but he did it. And he said, I can run through a troop, leap over a wall. He could take a thousand. They even saying David has chased his and killed his ten thousands. So we have an example there. Then he takes on, that's why he looks at Goliath and says, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? But we're, we're now telling about these known stories, but thinking through um, quantum and quantum reality. It's why Caleb, not that he had any understanding of quantum world, whatever, he can look at a giant and say, this will be bread for us. Um, he's connected to God. And you, if you understand that the invisible realm is greater than the visible realm and that we always have access to that and that we are on if we're not shut down by fear. Fear shuts down our capability of being, I think what I was recommending briefly on Monday is, hey, they know about the 5G towers and that they can change frequency. I say, hey, let's all go to being 7G towers. Uh, yes, restore seven, you know, seven faces of God. And we just, part of it, we just announce it. There's like, it's amazing that this stuff gets activated by you believing it, by you making a move. You can either obey into activation. You can think you can speak, there's something, but if you think of yourself as a victim or you're locked in fear, then all this kingdom potential, the kingdom of God is within you. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. There's, there's like this connection and understanding some things Jesus was saying when we understand, I think, when we understand. Very it. interesting. So um, my mind's going so many directions I want to I cover. <laughs> First of all, I want to just give you an opportunity to um, make a point that you made in Johnny Unfiltered that was so good and so important. And it was basically like encouraging people wherever you go, be intentional that you are on assignment. And and just the simplicity of that. One of the things I think that that causes people to shy away from subjects like this, not only because it sounds a little new age-ish, and so we just we so don't want to compromise truth that we just run from anything that doesn't sound exactly like what we know is truth, um, which you know we're going to talk about here in a second. But another thing is that the kingdom is supposed to be simple enough for any culture and for even a child. And we know that in order to enter in, we have to become like yeah. little children. And so I always think, okay, does this concept or this idea kind of stand that litmus test of the, will it work in any culture? And is it simple enough for a child? Then it, then it could be kingdom. And I believe that this is because you know what, just like gravity, you don't have to even know that's a thing in order to experience it and utilize that reality. And I think the quantum is the same. So there's no, there's no harm in, in studying into this. And we need to learn from the past where we have been afraid as the body of Christ to be ahead or at least catch up with with things that are out there in conversation yeah. in the world. And because of that, they've controlled the narrative. Yeah. And and so I appreciate the fact that you 
that you think this is an important subject for us yeah. to talk about. But did you want to comment on that assignment aspect of this? Well, yeah, because I was giving just personal testimony example of I had to look back. We went on and I gave, I told it then if you want to hear it, you can hear it. But this happened at least 10 times. One time at a phenomenal level is um, where we'd go on a trip on assignment and upon landing, rain would come and we find out it'd break. it break. It broke, you know, a drought in one nation. It, there were two trips I took in six months. And that was the only time in six months where drought was broken. I was like, I didn't pray into it. I didn't know about it I, I, until they told me about it. I wasn't thinking about it. It's something that happened because I was obedient just doing what I knew to do. That's part of mm -hmm. this assignment was you don't even need to know how to speak. Like if you're, if you, you just go and, and, and you do whatever he says to do. And that 90% of the great stuff that we tell testimonies of in the nations are the things that weren't the intentional thing we planned to do. It's like, we have this big meeting. We're looking forward to it, but it was this little thing over here that absolutely just blew up and, you know, discovery of minds and this and that and the other and, and meeting a president in the restaurant. And then you're like, how are all these things happening? And so that when you, when you know you're on assignment, yeah. you call yourself being on assignment, this like, there, you become a trigger for all kinds of other kingdom things that you're not controlling, thinking, processing. And so that this is what the Lord wants us to do is to be released in that kind of way, just to know that if we obey him and move forward, even if the thing we think is important that we do, like I'm going to go to this country or whatever, and I need to make this meeting. If you just go in obedience, he's often, I don't know if he's got this system where the Lord has a system. Like if so-and-so shows up, then you all immediately do that. And then you do that. If they like, <laughs> yeah. you know, I don't know. There, but there's something like that. That's the evidence of our 20, 30 years of ministry yeah. that we go places and, and phenomenal things happen that we weren't specifically having oversight over. And it's interesting because I think we're all wired a little differently in that, just even the two of us, because you, we both care about what we sense that God cares about. He is usually focused on something really big picture, like, okay, we show up in a city and something is off in the economy or this or that. Um, for me, it's more like if I go to the grocery store and I run into somebody that mm. I just, I sense something that God cares about related to that person. And there's not one that's better than another. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I can stretch and learn how to, mm -hmm. you know, develop that, that care um, on a bigger picture sense. And you vice versa, like you can stretch and make it more about the person that's right in front of you. And so I just think that that was such a huge takeaway. And I have literally felt um, in recent times, I would say over the last couple of years, because there's so much going on in the world and so much to be potentially overwhelmed about, if, if you're sensitive at all, then you can have a tendency to just kind of shut down, just, just to get through it, shut down that thing in you that cares. Yeah. And I, I've kind of found myself doing that. Um, and especially if you have a lot going on with your own personal world, your yeah. own family, then you kind of tend to like reserve your care for, for just the things right around you. And then you forget that you, we are on assignment. Yeah. And 
the other thing that can kind of shut that down is when you do care, but you don't see the results and there's like delay in seeing yeah. the results of the things that you are speaking into and declaring. And so if y'all hear anything from us in, in this um, episode, we just want to reemphasize that that thing in you that God created to care is not, it doesn't exist in a vacuum. That's what I'm hearing in this quantum world. It It's making a difference. Yeah. Just the fact that you notice and you care already affects something in the quantum realm. And that invisible realm is the kingdom. So yeah. the kingdom is affected. Something is advancing when you care. And then especially when you do something about it. Matthew 25, I think it's one of my favorite scriptures yeah. I've meditated on for years, but it it's where Jesus says, when you've done it to the least of these or not done it to the least of these, you've done it or not done it unto me. And basically lists all these different, you know, visited me in prison, um, clothed me, fed me, things that aren't a list of checkoff, like earn, earn your place in heaven. No, they're a list of things that shows someone that you care and that they they therefore matter. Yeah. And and that's that's huge. It's actually making a difference. Yeah, let me add to it. It's really good. <laughs> and you are really good and faithful at, at uh, recognizing opportunities. You'll interrupt the thing, the pressing thing you need to do and recognize an opportunity. That person needs some words said to them. That needs to happen in that kind of way. And what's so key and what I was sharing uh, on Monday as well, there's this thing of when you come out of your comfort zone, you go. That's why a mission trip, I would notice all these things when I'd go on a mission trip. It means you saved up money, you set aside time, you went. And so it would be then that, that it happens. And so what Elizabeth will often do, she goes on those trips as well, but there is, she'll, she'll turn aside um, and, and recognize there's a moment that she needs to just forget all the other things that are pressing and, and, and look into this, this matter. And I think something Elizabeth just mentioned as well is, <clears throat> you know, the things that are on our mind and whatever. There is a, a reality. The enemy wants us all in PTSD. Mm -hmm. There's so much attention right now, even to things. It's scary what we're discovering, what the enemy's trying to do is try to kill us through his agenda and everything else. And he's still trying and all that. And you can go into PTSD over it and then have, you know, things, close relationships around that are related. And so it's like, you know, I just, I can't get out of, um, I can't, I can't get out of being in the corner, you know, um, what's, what's your fetal position. And so we have to, we have to understand that we have this amazing uh, ability to release the kingdom and that we all, we all are walking kingdom atomic bombs, potentially. There's no limit to how much can be released. You look at David, that's just somebody who was able to release a bunch. And so you go on assignment. And then a second point that's super important um, that comes to me now to encourage people is how God chooses the weak, small, foolish things of this world to confound the wise, the things that are base, the things that are not. And we were bringing this up as a big point for now. The more you think that you probably don't matter, and I can't be speaking to you, and you're too insignificant, you're too lost, too hopeless, too, too whatever. Um, that is all the more likely. That's the pattern of the scripture, that kind of the trademark of God is like he chooses the unlikely. 
whether you go to 80-year-old Moses who can't speak very well or Gideon while he's hiding, he's the least in his family and his tribe's the least. And little David, who's probably illegitimate, that's why he's not even invited to um, you know, the ceremony in 1 Samuel 16 for one of the sons being anointed. He's not even among the sons. And so you just, the, you go all the way to the New Testament. And so Jesus is born the God of the universe. How incongruous is it for the God of the universe to be born in a stable with cow manure around, with stink, um, finding no room in the inn? The God of the universe. And then his disciples, does he pick the brainiacs, the philosophers, the silver tongues? Like there's a message of the kingdom to get out. We need to have some people who know how to speak. No, the rednecks, the zealot rednecks, who uh, can't talk well and who are going to be you know, prone to doing all kinds of things wrong and jumping to uh, conclusions and cutting ears off and whatever. So this, this, is, this is not just the, that God will use that. This is his trademark throughout scriptures. He makes a triumphal entry on the back of a donkey um, and he, he does it not because they can't find a horse or they can't find a lion. He tells his disciples, go to the village that is opposite of there. You will find a donkey tied up. So there's a message to you, to us. Hey, are you the donkey that's tied up? Can you carry him on your shoulders where the people say Hosanna to the king? This is the invitation. We can step into activation and it's powerful. The weapons of our warfare are mighty. The scripture says they're not carnal. They're mighty, the weapons of our warfare. And it's not just learning how to be an expert decreer. And there's some there in prayer and all that. It's just, we are the weapon. We carry him. We are loaded with, I don't know how many, I should have looked up how many hundreds of millions of atoms and subatomic particles we carry. But at the, it's at the very center of every one. There is a way, um, it's, it says it here. At the, there is... A, an energy core at every one of those. And it's and it's the energy, we believe it's the Lord, it, it's him, it's the kingdom, it's good. We're not saying the kingdom is not also visible, um, but we're saying it, th there's the kingdom energy, the kingdom anointing, the kingdom of glory. When it says in Matthew chapter six, yours is the power, yours is the kingdom, yours is the glory. Think of those three things, the power, the kingdom and the glory is there. It's inside of us. That's why Jesus would tell his first crowd, you are the light. Now act like the light. Be the light. Agree with me. Align yourself with me. So, yeah. Okay, there's a lot more I want to get to based on all this that you're saying. Um, one more loose end in my mind related to the quantum reality. So let's see how to even say this. All right, I know that you um, have a teaching that you've done about um, Christ in us and that we didn't originate, you know, in the yeah. hatchery of hell. We didn't start off just being, um, you know, a worm. And then finally we realized our need for a savior. And then we invited Jesus into our hearts and then we had value. Right. Um, Quite the opposite is true. I remember like a moment in my life and in my relationship with God where, and it wasn't that long ago, where I was like, I have been unconscious of the fact that I have believed that we got our value from Jesus. 
And the truth is, because every single human being that's ever lived was created in the image of God by God and started off as an idea in God's heart. And he took a piece of himself, put a spirit into that dot of flesh that grew to be, you know, a, a person. Um, we originated in glory. Okay. Yep. So, so there's, there's a couple of things and this gets into kind of more of the new age conversation that I want to, yeah. to broach into because, and let me give a little background on that. I think it's important that we talk about things like quantum reality and we talk about things like new age because there is a spiritual awakening. And even in the whole Patriot movement that we refer to, or just basically this, this understanding that we're in the process in the world right now of waking up to a lot of things that we have been asleep to. Yeah. One of this, these, these things we're waking up to is the fact that we are spiritual beings and there is good and there is evil. And as, as more and more is getting uncovered on the side of evil things, it's, it's causing people to, to either awaken to or rediscover the truth that there is good and there is evil and um, what's behind all of that. And that coupled with the challenges that have come with the whole agenda that's been being pushed on us and the whole pandemic, pandemic thing and all of that, it's, it's gotten people rattled enough that they are wanting to go back to something that gives them security and peace. And so there is an awakening. On top of that, if you've been following any of kind of what we refer to as the whole Q movement or um, this idea that there is a plan that is being worked behind the scenes intentionally for many years now to rescue the world from the deep state, the cabal, all of that, then you've heard this um, this conversation through that movement that's using words like ascension and um, you know Christ consciousness and um, you know there's been enough conversation like going from dark to light, um, the great awakening, all of that, and you're hearing people that are Christians using some of that conversation, that, that language, you're also hearing people that you know are not followers of Christ that are using some of that language. And so there's there's kind of this, um, I believe there is an important conversation that needs to be had around this idea of how do we talk with people that may or may not believe exactly like we do but yet we have some things in common with them that um, that are good things, that are enough to move forward with in some level of unity as we are cooperating with this great rescue that we believe is happening and that we're all rising to the occasion in. So it's a little bit of an intro to that, that, that conversation. Um, I was thinking related to that, and, and then I'll give room for you to make some comments on all that I'm saying here, but I was thinking about how hard it's been for the body of Christ for several decades now 
to free ourselves, allow Holy Spirit to free us from religion that has kept us from true relationship with God through Jesus. And, um, and we finally, I think, struggled to the point where we've realized we've settled for religion and not chosen true, real relationship. And so people are waking up to that mm -hmm. in, in the church. Um, I believe that this kind of new age wave that's around us right now could very easily um, cause some to fall away and rather than exchange relationship for re religion, they might exchange relationship with Jesus for something more generic, for something that's more... So back to the quantum thing. If everyone has been created in the image of God, then, then this power that is within us is actually in all of us. It's not just in those who recognize Jesus as the only way to the Father. And that means, and this is back to Matthew 25, it's very interesting to me because there are, there it will be a division between those who cared about what God cared about and those who didn't, but some knew that they did it unto Jesus and some didn't know they did, did it or didn't do it unto Jesus. So I, I don't think that scripture is therefore saying that, you know, you can inherit the kingdom and inherit heaven apart from a relationship with God through Christ. But I do believe that there is an aspect of the kingdom that people can participate in without yet knowing Jesus, the king. And so I think that there are people that can wake up enough spiritually to realize I'm a spirit being. Now, they may not go all the way to the step of, therefore, I need a Savior, a Redeemer, and I believe it's Jesus, and He has redeemed me back to my Father, Yahweh God. But they've awakened in general to a sense of spirituality, and maybe they practice some kind of spiritual beliefs, um, and maybe they have found the reality of that spirit realm that they can interact with and they can bring joy to people and peace to environments. And they, they get enough of their spirituality that they participate in some of that quantum impact in a, for, a, for a good cause, not for an evil cause. And so how do we, do we recognize that? And is it okay to recognize that? Is it okay to even partner with people that are in that in that place where they're not maybe all the way understanding their need for a savior? And, you know, I, so I'm throwing a lot at you right there. Um, well, do you want to make some comments? Yeah, there's several things, several directions on that. Mm -hmm. You know, for one, it's like who we partner with, who we do things with. Say your neighbor's house catches on fire. And there's rescue, there's known, there's five children in there. You don't really care if the persons that are running to co-help you, you don't need to do a check on their, but do you understand that Jesus is the savior? And like, before we connect, do you understand? Like, they're just, their times are rescue operations 
well, we're just whoever's willing to be on the same team, we got to be willing to be on the same team. Mm-hmm. And there is a, a rescue operation from heaven that is so clearly between evil and good that those willing to be on the side of good, whether they have um, whether they have Jesus properly centered or not, mm-hmm. so we can work together. Mm-hmm. We can work together on that. Now, it doesn't mean dumbing down your own belief system or whatever, but there is a lot of this, even again, the New Age movement, really a lot of it formed not just from demonic influence. The demonic took advantage of some things, but the church ceased living its spiritual roots and reality and kingdom demonstration, manifestation, everything that Jesus was and did. This is the kingdom of God. It's not just in word. It's in power and demonstration. Um, and, you know, I was telling that there's energy at the core, at the subatomic particle level. I wanted to say it right. There is a positive charge that sits at the center of every atom. So that is there. The kingdom, the original You know, we started in the heart of God. That's why we say original destiny, original glory, original design, as opposed to original sin. We didn't originate in sin. That would mean we originated in something Satan had something to do with. Being born from your parents is not where you originated. Uh, Yes, by then, sin So we're born into sin, but we're not originating from sin. No, we came from the Father's heart, Father of light. And so... He has us, he thought of us, we're made in his image. It's pretty clear scripturally, all that kind of stuff. And so when we understand that we are, like I think perhaps an error the church, perhaps many still have, is that we're human beings that have spiritual experiences. And we're actually a spiritual being that's having a human experience. Mm -hmm. And it's proven in this quantum world where everything's energy. Now, I didn't say this to you all yet, but I'll say it now. For instance, um, I was I was reading that the empty space of this world, if all the empty space were pushed out and you were reduced to what is truly solid, the entire earth would be the size of a sugar cube. No way. Yeah. Wow. Everything else is empty space. Wow. You're like, no, it's not empty space. And again, they know they if you know if you know much at all about the human body, the electrical current foundation of things is established. So we're we're looking at like no, this is you're you're this much solid. No, we're actually it's empty space because ninety nine point something percent of even an atom, which is ridiculously small, is empty space. And there's things that are formed around empty space. And so yeah, it's it, that part does hurt your brain mm-hmm. thinking and process. But we are spiritual beings. So when you have, um, you know, the stuff that gets, we'll and say, we are energy. So we're energy beings yeah. as well. Yeah. You get, so you, you get ridiculed and think, oh, there's bad spirits there. Cause they, you go into among new agers and they're, oh, you got a great aura. I'll just say whenever I've been among new agers, they've like, oh my, you got an amazing aura or the energy. And we're like, oh man, that's a deceiving spirit. You could, <clears throat> I didn't think that because I'm like, you know what? They know there's something they know that perhaps a lot of the church doesn't know at that moment is that we are, we're more about that. We're, we're more about anointing that we carry energy, possibility, kingdom than this, this physical stuff. So now we're going to connect, you know, those dots to where you were going, <clears throat> Elizabeth, as you know, the concern about, okay, so 
I think the biggest concern we both have in our conversation is because um, there's a there's a talk of Christ consciousness, and if Christ consciousness is about Christ, the man Christ, beautiful. Uh, but if Christ consciousness is sort of there's an impersonal aspect of what happens that comes out of, um, uh, uh, to use the term again, the New Age perspective on things. There's the universe. There's the Christ consciousness. There's consciousness and 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 higher consciousness and and it's separated from god it's separated in the beginning god and so we don't want to we don't want to lose that we don't want to lose the uh, impersonal stuff it doesn't mean we attack we shut down we refuse to work together on worthy um, humanitarian projects so that's that's part of it we can talk together that's part of what we have to learn how to how to function in society with people who are willing to do kingdom things together without even acknowledging the king because that's kind of where they're at in a lot of ways, they're recognizing a lot of kingdom dynamics. Kingdom dynamics, we are to be light, we are to be energy. So let your light shine before men. That could be almost like, so let, you know, have an aura of your presence being released through me, being liberated, those electrons being liberated uh, into, into activity. And so we don't want to have to run from that, but we do want to maintain a, you know, maintain the, the main thing, is it the main thing, remain the main thing. It's a relationship with Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ opened the door for everything. Yes, the Father sent the Son. Son sent the Holy Spirit. He went to heaven. The Holy Spirit was sent by the Father. So we have the Trinity. They're the source of everything. They are. If they're not in the picture, there are no... If they disappeared, if they just decide, you know what? We're going to disappear out of here. We instantly cease to exist. That positive particle... That positive, what's the word, not positive charge at the center of every atom ceases to exist. There is it's a person. And that's what's missing yeah. from the whole New Age belief system. I know it's a really broad concept. In general. But in general, yeah. it's, there, there is a, in some people, a recognition that Jesus was a good man or a prophet or whatever, a teacher. But... But I believe the delineation that we need to be clear on, not just with ourselves, but with those that we interact with, is that Jesus was and is the Son of God. And He laid down His life for us so that we could have a relationship with God our Father. And we have to have a way to easily, quickly say that, followed by, this is how I would follow that, if I was in a friendship with somebody that that I needed to just, I don't lead with that, but if it got to that in the relationship, I would say, okay, so here's here's just the difference. I appreciate where you're at in your journey. This is where I am. And in fact, I encourage you, I challenge you to just put it out there in the universe. Use their language. If Jesus, you are real and you are the son of God, I give you permission to reveal yourself to me as that. And I, I believe that God will meet them in that sincere, honest request. We have a good friend, Cameron Uri, married to um, Susie Wills Uri from Morningstar. And he was an ex, she is an ex-Shiite Muslim and, you know, was raised in that. And he had an incredible encounter. It took years in the making, but because he asked that simple, sincere question is, Jesus, if you are real, would you reveal yourself to me? And he did. And so um, I think that 
that way we're not we're not compromising on nor are we assuming that they know what we believe because that to me is a concern is that when people wake up spiritually i feel like if the enemy can't like if the ultimate goal is a relationship with jesus we're here and we're traveling this way you know there's many off ramps you can get away from where this is supposed to lead you. It's supposed to, this life experience is meant to lead us to this need for a savior. And the ways we've gone about that in the past have not worked. And I believe that some major evangelists that have been known for the way that we lead people to Jesus are about to get uncovered in such a way that there's going to be such a distaste for the the way we used to lead people into, do you know where you'd be if you died tomorrow? You know, they're going to say, yes, I'll be reincarnated. You know, I'll have another life experience. That They have, they're so open that they're too open. So all of that to say they can get off on all these side, side um, things. Like one of the things that new age people can tend to believe is, um, reincarnation, but also that I wrote it down so I would say it the right way, that there is a presence of spiritual energy in physical objects like mountains or water, basically what we know as things that God has created. And there is energy. There's energy in everything. We have energy in our bodies. Like you can you can see it. There's now medical equipment that shows you the energy paths in your body. So so this whole thing that we used to dismiss, your chakras and all that, like there's some truth to it. And so it's undeniable. I believe that's why when people it's bring these- It's scientifically undeniable. Yeah, when people bring those things up, we don't have to like excuse ourselves from the conversation or get, you know, bristly and get concerned that, you know, we're going to be tainted by or something, agree where you can agree and say, yeah, I do believe that we are energy beings and that there is this look for the common ground, but then challenge them to the end point. Say, but yeah, I want you to know, like for me personally, this is not just part of my spirituality. I actually have a real relationship with a person. And, and Jesus is, is my friend and he, he is, he's my savior. And like, he's the one that, that I talk to and he talks back to me and we have this amazing intimacy and, you know, maybe you're not there in your journey yet. And, and you're experiencing maybe some of the energy of his creation that he made for you. Um, and I love that you're open spiritually when you could just be living on a surface level and not even acknowledging that you're a spirit being. But I challenge you to ask Jesus if he is the son of God to reveal himself to you. So I just want to throw that out there. And I think that another thing that sets us apart, that should set us apart, is the understanding this isn't just a relationship, but we we don't just have that dunamis power in us as part of God's creation, but we also have the name, the authority, and the blood of Jesus. And when we use that, yeah. I mean, demons tremble. Yeah. That is our that is our mighty weapon. Really, yeah. that is the thing, in my opinion, I'd love to see how that actually activates the quantum world. Because at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow. Yeah. 
there, there is, there is that um, access to the quantum realm that I, I, I believe is like the most important. Um, I don't know how to even put it into words. It's like the entry point. Mm -hmm. It's the key to to activating all of that because. When a believer speaks, when a believer declares, even if you forget to use the name of Jesus, you're walking in the authority of Christ because you live in him and you abide in him and you're partnering in general in life with him. And so you have that exponential beyond just the reality of the energy that is in the quantum. Um, it's, it's that activation point of who he is and how he is as the king over his kingdom. It's good. It's mm. good. Um, okay. So how would you say you touched on this a little bit, but when, when someone who has more of a new age kind of perspective on the world, maybe they don't have a relationship with Jesus as savior and they have conversation around Christ consciousness or, this word ascension, which I looked that up because that's a word that's being used a little bit in this patriot community. Um, ascension is basically the the idea of, um, where did I put that? Ascension is basically waking up to a higher reality yeah. than just the day-to-day, -day, uh, I kind of think of it like a teenage perspective. Teenagers, have not ascended, <laughs> most of them, right? And so an ascension would be this idea that you've kind of awakened yourself to, wow, there's more than just meets the eye in life and life experiences. I'm actually a spirit being. And so don't let that word like freak you out or concern you when you hear people using it. But um, it also doesn't mean it's not the equivalent of they have a relationship with the Savior, Jesus. Well, a great awakening is taking place. And it's an awakening to, yeah, on across two fronts. We're awakening to, wow, we have been ruled by very evil Luciferian people. And they have been trying to kill us and many other things in many different ways. So there's an awakening to who they are, what they've been doing, what they're still trying to do even now. And there's an awakening to good, to goodness. And, um, and so there is, there's an attract, there's an attraction we have to goodness because if you think of this positively, it's positive and not a negatively charged, a positive charged particle at the core of every atom. And we have it, mm -hmm. we have a built in homing device as it were towards goodness. Mm -hmm. and but you haven't finished right that's not the goal it's it's a, it's on a its goal way. along the way it's on its way you know goodness 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 is like they're the cookie crumbs it you know the kingdom breadcrumbs to the king it all the ends the source of goodness <laughs> itself but we have to be patient with those that's why there's no reason to get into unnecessary argument discussion you all are actually weird witchcraft you know there is witchcraft stuff and different things that are call themselves um, um good when it's not Kabbal good. Kabbalist. there's yeah, you know yeah. there's we don't want to put them all in the same category because they go in different categories but it's okay if someone's being pulled towards goodness and there's just a language that 
is not definitively biblical for us, we're okay in that in that process, and we're okay cooperating in doing certain things. It's not necessarily who you want to enter into a time of deep worship with the Lord. But maybe I don't know. I'm just saying um, that's not maybe who you you build your your ecclesia family around. Right. You want to understand. You want to properly honor the Holy Spirit. You want to properly honor the Father. You want to properly honor Jesus for who He is and and the person. Uh, of each one of them, and the three is one, and how they how they work together. But there is value in in people um, on the path there, even if they're not there yet. To put it simply, that's right. And there is value in in working together towards goodness in the earth. That creates this environment that the kingdom can thrive in. And when people experience the effects of the kingdom. It, it says something in their heart. Back to Matthew 25. Why does God care so much that someone in prison, it doesn't say you went and visited them in prison and led them to me. It doesn't say you clothed them and you got them saved. It doesn't say you visited the sick and you healed them and you told them about me. Now, obviously he wants us to do those things too. But what, what was the point of that giving us that picture? It was how like be a part of creating this environment that answers that core question in someone's heart through everything that you do that they have value that they matter that they are important that there's been intention behind their life and i believe there will be there will be layers of truth that there will be grace to release in the earth and those layers of truth, it doesn't mean that they aren't still already true. It just means this is where we're at right now. Right now, we are at a need for a spiritual awakening across the globe to Towards the reality goodness. that there is good and there is evil and good is better than evil. That's pretty simple. And for those of you that know Jesus intimately, it's real simple. And so you may feel like, well, are we even accomplishing anything if we're doing that? We are because as we as we focus on that, of course, there will be people that are saved through that process. But when we talk about what I believe is the great harvest, like where it's going to just be in mass, in mass, like the world has never seen before. They fall in love with Jesus. They're, they're going to experience his kingdom and then awaken to him, the king. And... Um, yeah, so I think that is just, I just wanted to like tie up that loose end of the difference between Christ consciousness or when they talk about a higher consciousness and Christ in us. So I don't believe, okay, I personally believe at this point in my life that both of these truths can exist at the same time. That that people can have a Christ consciousness in terms of... Um, like I've heard people say, okay, there's a Christ in all of us. What I think they're trying to say is there's something of God in everyone. And that part's correct. If they stay there right, and they settle for that, then they're saying, so therefore all I need is a relationship with God everywhere. And they're missing out on the, the number one truth that you can't actually have a relationship with God for eternity 
You can be aware of him here in the now. You can be aware of him in the trees, aware of him in the ground, aware of him in another person, but you cannot know him. You can believe in him, but not know him as in relationship apart from Jesus. And, and that would be the difference between that general concept of it's the Christ in us, it's the Christ consciousness versus when we as believers talk about Christ in us, what we're talking about is I have a relationship with God through Jesus. Therefore, Christ lives in me because I invited him into my heart, into my life, and I exchanged my life for his life. That's truly Christ in us. It's good. And the good news is that if we're, you know, those who are embracing Christ consciousness, even the language, is the end of that. If you can see the end of that road, um, Christ consciousness in the impersonal way is not the goal, but the path that they're on, if they don't stop, Mm -hmm. if they don't stop, it will land them there. Mm -hmm. It will land them there if they don't stop. If they don't, um, you know, the way the enemy hijacks things is like, You're actually the Christ. It's like, no, Christ in us, the hope of glory. Yes, there is he in us. And and, um, so, you know, the enemy is always working to deceive, but we don't want to over this awakening is towards goodness. And out of that, there is going to be a revealing of the Godhead, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit in Mm -hmm. ways like never before. And I believe we're going to see the masses come to him fully in love with him. Amen. Amen. I think we're done. Well, um, Good conversation, and uh, you know, feel free to make some comments. What does this stir in you? Um, any revelation that you had while you were listening that you think others would benefit from? Feel free to add those to the comments there. And um, I just want to pray for you yeah. and pray that God would give you a grace to um, to exist in to exist in relationships with others who are very much still in process and, and to not have a fear of that. So um, yeah. let's just pray for him. Let's do it. Do you want to? No, you're doing it. All right. I might join in, but you, you had the burden. I felt that. Let's do it. Lord, we um, just acknowledge you and your patience that you have with us as your sons and daughters. And we are just all learning so much right now and being uh, stretched in ways that we wouldn't have wanted to stretch, but we know and we recognize it's good for us and it's right in time and in line with with what you're doing in the world and the earth. And um, you're worth it. You Mm. are worth all of the stretching. And and so we just... We let go of fear right now, fear of this whole new age everything. And we let go of fear of what we can't understand and what we have a hard time communicating. We let go of fear of connecting with people that um, we don't maybe have everything in common with and fear of, um, you know, having truth be uh, compromised in us as your church. And we refuse to live from a place of fear. We want to live from a place of love because that's who you are and how you are. 
And so we ask that you would help us, help us to understand more of how, um, how to interact with people, where they're at, and be able to hear and grow in our understanding of where they are without having an agenda to, to like fix them or change them, but just an agenda that's, that's only love. How do we love them? What does love look like in this conversation? What does love look like in um, understanding people and validating where they're at, but also not compromising on, on what we know to be truth? And Father, we ask that you would you would cover us, you would hide us in um, in you, mm. so that we could listen and grow and have conversations that are meaningful and that help others, and where they won't sense fear in us, but they'll genuinely experience your love in us and through us. And God, more than anything else, we ask that you would continue to root us and ground us in you so that um, we're each walking with you so intimately that, that that relationship that we have with you, not religion, but with you, would just spill over and become contagious to those around us. We ask that you would remind us to be on assignment, to, to intentionally partner with you everywhere we go and all that we um, come across, that we would have the capacity to care about what you care about and who you care about the way that you care about it and them. And we just give you permission to keep us sharp, keep us on assignment, remind us of the energy, that power that lives within us, that is activated by the Holy Spirit and, and by the blood and the name of our beautiful Savior, Jesus. We thank you, um, for who you are to each one of us and who you are to us as your body. Yes. We love you. We honor you. And we pray um, your blessings and your, your grace over every one of your sons and daughters that are listening. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, um, we will be back next week with Up for Discussion. And feel free also in the comments to... Um, let us know if there's any particular topics that you're hoping that we would discuss or um, get into in the scripture. We're open to ideas. We, of course, have ideas of our own, but we'd also love to hear any from you. Sure. And, um, you know, I am not, this is not a request for money. Um, that's just not really our, our thing. But one of the things that came to mind when you were talking about quantum at the beginning, I just felt to challenge you guys with, <coughs> So if this resonates with you, then run with it. Um, I believe that, that the explanation that you gave about the quantum realm connects to generosity. There's something that happens. You said that God chooses to use the weak, the small, the foolish. And I thought about even just like the widow's might mm -hmm. and how just the little bit that she gave was so huge compared to someone who has a lot to give. And the point was, it's what what unclogs the pipes, so to speak. And I feel like some of you are stuck financially. And I'm I so hesitate to say this because this is the kind of thing you hear like preachers online do and stuff. You know, just give, and then you're gonna have so much. I'm I'm just seeing 
for really for the first time as you were talking, this connection between being generous and generosity is not just about money. It is, it does connect to our finances, mm -hmm. but it's also generous with your time, generous with your with your words, generous with your smile, generous with um, you know, your home and inviting people in. It's it's there. I feel like there's people that feel stuck. And if that is you, ask the Lord where you're stuck and how to unstuck it. <laughs> In, in the quantum realm, there's something about being generous and opening up a gate so that more can flow through. And um, so I just challenge you to, you know, ask the Lord about that and, and do what he shows you. Even if it's something so small, it, it just might be something that unlocks something that's been stuck and shut down in your life, in your heart your finances, whatever it is. That's really good. And just so you don't think anyway, it was towards us. Let that be a gift to somebody else. Yeah. So it wasn't any subtle, any kind of directing towards coming this way, just around you anyway. I could tell it's a word she was getting for the moment. So totally. Just pick yeah. It up no, gen generous in all the ways that I just said, like, I, like for us, we, even when we give financially, it's not just, um, it literally could be to somebody that doesn't even have a ministry. Like it's just somebody in our life right. that we know it's just obedience. Ha has a need or whatever. Yeah. So be creative with it. Yes. All right. We love you guys. See you next week. Yes. Yes.